May grace and peace be multiplied to each of you this morning in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. That I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him. Dear friends in Christ, dear Addison and Asher, dear Bowman and Charlie, dear Joshua and Oliver, and Samantha, who couldn't be with us this morning, but will join us next week. Dear gathered friends and family of these seven catechumens who will soon become confirmands. It is the Sunday of confirmation. It's also the 505th annual marking of the Reformation, which occurs tomorrow, technically. For our meditation this morning, we consider the text of Luther's small catechism. From his explanation of the second article of the Apostles' Creed, we mark these words. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. As always, we proceed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Your friends in Christ, we begin with some hard and blunt questions this morning. Why? Why study the catechism? Why do the rite of confirmation at all? Why have some seven young adults meet over Zoom during the COVID-19 era and later in person over the span of 24 long months? Why? Why require two years of preparation just to receive the means of grace which every baptized member of the church that pastor said in the children's sermon early actually already owns freely and fully. It's kind of like requiring a lengthy onboarding process for an employee that's already qualified, hired, and vetted. It seems a little bit heavy-handed. Even more so when there's not an explicit command, really, that the study of the catechism and lead up to the rite of confirmation must be 24 months, two years in duration. We tend to think of that as some kind of commandment in the LCMS, but it's not. In fact, many Lutheran churches have structured their study of the catechism and the rite of confirmation in a variety of ways over the years. Not all of them decided upon two years, 24 months of instruction or curriculum. Some even ended up having sort of a first communion first, which is similar to that of the Catholic Church. So why? Why study the catechism for two years in preparation for the rite of confirmation, all in order to simply take communion, as you will do here shortly this morning, confirmands with your families? Well, to show why, I've thought through three scenarios that might help us understand Scenario number one, first, for a moment, I want you to imagine in your minds a hypothetical. Imagine being gifted a family heirloom. Many of you probably can relate. Let's say that your mom gives you a wedding ring that's been handed down to her. 
But let's say that mom really doesn't have the full idea of the ring's history. She just knows it got handed to her from grandma. Much is still unknown to mom. For a full appreciation of the lineage of this ring, you have to spend a few hours instead with grandma. Grandma proceeds to tell you how this ring came long ago from the old country, that it's been passed down from mother to daughter for many, many successive generations. You knew you had a special gift, but it took your grandmother's wisdom and it took her teaching to unlock the full backstory, the full significance of this priceless family heirloom, this wedding ring. Now toggle your brains over to a second scenario, if you would. Let's imagine you bought a new appliance for the kitchen, a blender. It's a big ticket item, right? You got it in order to make smoothies that you have every morning. For many years of using this appliance, you're content just making your smoothies day after day after day, year after year after year. And the blender does what it was assigned to do, what you purchased it to do, why you acquired it. It makes great smoothies. One day, you're bored. You have nothing to do. You decide to crack open the owner's manual. It's still shrink-wrapped, and you have to rip it open and read it just for fun. First time ever. Surprisingly, it turns out to be an enlightening read about this blender. You learn how to properly maintain and service your blender, extending the lifespan of this device for many more years of epic smoothie making. <laughs> you also learn along the way that you've really only scratched the surface of what this machine can do. You read on. You unlock a whole slew of new features you had no idea about, you never knew about. If you had gone on not reading the manual, you never would have discovered, and you might have had an early death to this great device with so many features. For my final and third example, I'm going to use a real story from the last one. Those are hypothetical ones. Have you guys imagined with me? For my final example, I want to use a story. So my son, Asher, Elias's brother, is getting confirmed today, and his parents are here. My mom, Shar, and my dad, Pastor Phil Found, came down from Nebraska. Well, when I was in high school, my dad and I had a lot of adventures. I was an only child, was like a brother to me. And um, my dad and I came into possession in the mid-'80s, when I was in high school, of a vintage late-'60s, early-'70s model Fender Rhodes keyboard. If you're not f familiar with this wonderful instrument, some of you are shaking your heads and you know about it already. This model of keyboard had an illustrious history. It started out as a jazz instrument, and then it became a cornerstone of soul music, of R&B, and classic 70s rock and late 60s rock as well. If you ever listen to the Beatles song, Come together right now over me, that little... Do, 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 Fender Rhodes, you know it. <laughs> Same instrument, Ray Manzarek from The Doors builds atmosphere in Riders on the Storm. Riders on the Storm. With the same keyboard, doing the do, 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 Very mellow instrument. Wonderful instrument. However, flashback, this is the 80s. In the 80s, we thought everything from the 70s was lame. In the 80s, it was all about digital synthesizers like the Yamaha DX7 or the Moog, these little new wave instruments that went meow. <laughs> the Fender Rhodes was not cool. 
We saw it as a 130-pound clunky analog electric piano is really what it was that tapped the keys in a traditional way. It wasn't cool in 1987, I can assure you of that. So my dad and I parted with this wonderful instrument for a couple hundred bucks, thinking it wasn't hip, thinking it was a relic from the past, and then thinking that it wouldn't have any place in a futuristic setting for that matter. Well, fast forward to the 90s, dear friends. The Fender Rhodes had a resurgence. It became a staple of indie bands on the alternative scene. All the cutting-edge avant-garde musicians were using them. I called my dad to let him know that we could have gotten thousands rather than the mere hundreds we sold out for in the 80s. If we had just known the full history, the full value, the full features, the few, full future potential of this awesome instrument, we'd have it today or have sold it for a pretty good fortune. Dear friends in Christ, all three of these scenarios serve as analogies that answer the questions of why study the catechism for two years in order to be confirmed and to receive communion. In all three cases, we didn't know the true history, the true power and use, and the timeless value that we had come to possess in these gifts. In all three cases, we needed someone to help us understand the full gravity of what we had. We also needed an owner's manual or a Kelly Blue Book or a collector's guide to research to get a full appreciation. Think what would have happened if we didn't get help from a teacher or from a text. We might have not only remained oblivious in our ignorance, we might have also neglected, misused, or abused our gifts that we had. We may have sold them out for cheap or given them away for a song or even disposed of them as worthless trash and rubbish. Dear friends in Christ, this is why we do catechism. Catechumens about to become confirmands. This is why we put you through two years of this. The catechism is that owner's manual for the Christian faith. We got to keep cracking it open. Adults, that means you too. This is why we work for two years before confirmation and the right reception of communion. Why I assign you sermon reports that ask you about law and gospel, sanctification, justification, what's going on in the service. We possess something very valuable. We possess something very versatile. We possess something very responsive and something that is awesome. We call it the means of grace. It is word and sacrament. What's more, we already own it. It was given to us freely by Jesus himself, dear friends in Christ. But we're all kind of like an owner that doesn't know what they have. Two years of catechism is all about ensuring that young Christians know the full value and the full power of what they already freely own and possess. The rite of confirmation is just the beginning today, confirmants. For the confirmed of all ages, adults, this means you too, and if you're an adult that came to faith and went through adult catechism, even more so, Staying in the study of the catechism is like continually going back and referring to that owner's manual to ensure that we unlock all the full features of a powerful appliance or a powerful tool. That's exactly what the means of grace are, powerful, saving tools of our Lord. Today we mark the 505th, is that right? The 505th Reformation today, 505 years of the Reformation. Well, guess what? 505 years ago in 1517, 
It was no different in Luther's time either. Things were no different. The Reformation wasn't a revolution to turn down the old and bring in innovations. It wasn't a radical movement. The Reformation really was all about showing Christians the full features of the faith that they already owned freely through their baptism, as Pastor said earlier. So, catechumens, about to be confirmands, gathered family and friends, our message today remains unchanged. We continue to study our Christian faith so that we unlock its full benefits to us. We learn the good, right, and salutary use of God's word and Christ's body and blood so that we eat and drink to our benefit, to our health, rather than to our judgment. We learn a lifetime of love for our Christian faith so that we don't sell it out cheap or we don't give it away for a song either and either willfully or out of negligence and ignorance. We remain faithful unto death so that we may receive the crown of life and so that we may be Jesus' own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.